just like that, the final hour is here for the Tuesday edition. Hot Mike with Hutton with Row Cross the Outkick Network. NFL discussion and plenty of it coming off of week one. Reaction from last night and more. John McClain joins us in 20 minutes. Uh, there is a, uh, a new celebrity couple that's being oh, yeah? rumored. Yeah, we'll have that later. In the, uh, this is in the news hour. to me. I can't wait to hear about um, it. And, and much more. Chad, the, the latest with uh, Aaron Rodgers, which has dominated all the headlines, and rightfully so, uh, going down Achilles tear, done for the year, on four snaps last night uh, on his debut game and performance for the New York Jets. Uh, the whole atmosphere of pregame, uh, of course it being on the anniversary of 9-11, You've got Rodgers running out with the flag. Everything is set. The stage is set for Rodgers' debut. And the energy and the atmosphere was just sucked out of the building. You know, you have the, the low murmur you could just hear coming through the broadcast with Buck and Aikman. And then I flipped over to see what Manning was saying, both Mannings. They were just stunned, like just sitting there silent. They, they knew when he was carted off that he was done. Peyton especially. He's like, I thought this was going to be a tape job ankle-wise. He'd be right back in there. We'll, we'd move on. He's like, this, this is just awful. He didn't want to say it, but he knew it. And Robert Sala confirmed it today. He's done for the year. Although, if you miss part of the show, you can always check it out on YouTube, on demand. Uh, search out Outkick. Subscribe to the channel. We've got all the great shows on demand and, and live. Just hit the bell and we'll be alerted anytime shows go live. Uh, if you missed Pro Football Doc, Dr. David Chow, he joined us earlier in the, in the program. He said there, there's a slight chance that Rodgers could come back uh, for a, a postseason-type performance, given some circumstances. We referenced Terrell Suggs with Baltimore, who came back off an Achilles injury in the same season. Everyone's different, but at 39, pushing 40, who knows where we're headed in the Rodgers career. Hopefully this isn't it. He says it wasn't a one-and-done type mindset for him in New York. I don't think he wants to go out that way. But sometimes injuries dictate things that athletes would rather not happen. Uh, the, the mentality is different than the physical aspect. And here's hoping he can get back sooner rather than later. I, I, this, even if you're not a fan of the Jets, if you're just the, a fan of the NFL, this sucks. It's just just from following the what we're going to see moving forward over the course of the season, uh, and, and keep in mind, networks can flex out of some primetime games through the first, I think, nine weeks of the season, and then the NFL can control things for the second half of the season on, on flex scheduling. But the, I mean, they're they're in six games. Six primetime games, which is now uh, six, not five, like it used to be. So I, I know A.J. Hawk on Pat McAfee's show said, I have not spoken directly to Aaron Rodgers, but they are really good friends. And he said, I'd be shocked if this is the last we see him on a football field, that he goes out in, in that moment. Um, that, that, that's kind of the way I feel, because that is now the big question. And look, it's, it's a legitimate question. Yeah, We talked about it with Dr. David Chow. He will be 40 years old when he makes his comeback. A season from now, after this Achilles injury, um, he contemplated things through a darkness retreat this offseason 
You're right. About whether or not he wanted to play anymore and what team he wanted to play for. And he came out of that darkness retreat and said, I want to be a New York Jet. And I, I, Hutton, I just have a hard time believing, watching Hard Knocks, hearing his comments, seeing how refreshed he looked, that this is it for Aaron Rodgers. I think he rehabs. I, agree with I you. think he gets better. I think physically he comes back next year. He's going to be fine. And we will see at least one. It may be the last season, the first and last, but we will see one season of Aaron Rodgers as a New York Jet on the field next year. That That's my guess right now. I just, I have a hard time believing. And part of it may be just selfishly, he's had such a great career. Just how sad that is, that it ends on a wet turf field at MetLife Stadium where you stand up and have to take a seat immediately because you you blew your Achilles tendon, and that's the last we see of Aaron Rodgers. I think he's going to be back. I, I hope so, too. Uh, and this is a great example of why the NFL and the networks changed the policy on flex scheduling. Because you, the Jets, so the upcoming Jets schedule is brutal, by the way, for Wilson, who takes over. He's the guy that reports are they've reached out to some free agent quarterbacks, maybe acquiring uh, about other uh, possible trades. We'll get McLean's take on this because one of them is in Houston. Uh, but Chad, they're they're in Dallas this Sunday. That uh, that's the prime window for the afternoon slate. It's a three twenty four twenty five Eastern kickoff. Uh, the Jets will return home to host the Patriots, so they in Week Three have another divisional game, and then the next prime time window for them is Sunday Night Football, uh, hosting the Kansas City Chiefs in a big AFC bout there so that's one possible they're not flexing out of that game uh i wouldn't expect with Mahomes. zach wilson's chance to go toe-to-toe with patrick mahomes yeah, you still get mahomes though the fight of the gunslingers after that, that game? The, the other the other primetime games uh sunday night football week 10 at las vegas against the raiders and their thursday night game is at cleveland late in the season that's what's next up for them so we'll see how much they if they're still in all these games, that's a great sign for New York with the stacked defense, a great sign for whatever uh, they choose to do at quarterback moving forward. Right now, it's it's Zach Wilson. Uh, it, it takes back over after four snaps into the season. Uh, the other quarterback that played last night, no one's really talking about this, and and, and they will, we will, the 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 headlines will moving forward. Today's about Rodgers. Tomorrow may be about Josh Allen, who admitted and took ownership of the fact that it was the same song, different verse, with the, the turnover issues that he has pointed to the last couple of seasons to how things went last night with four turnovers from the QB. I, I hurt our team tonight. I cost our team tonight. And it feels really similar to last year, and I hate that it's a good player in the middle. Um, you feel like you're the reason, and I, I am the reason why we lost tonight. 84 turnovers by Josh Allen since 2018. That leads the league during that span. Some are, you know, the, the first interception, Chad, is the equivalent of a punt. It's a, a deep throw where the Jets are going to get off the field and the Bills are going to have to punt anyway, and it ends up being a pick. And they, the, the Jets take over deep in their own territory. But still, uh, the, the third interception is the one that just can't happen. You've got McDermott telling him to use his head and be smart when he's trying to dive through players and, and 
potential injury there. They don't want him knocked out of the game. And then he's fumbling late. He's doing things and forcing the issue. This is par for the course for a quarterback that, if not for uh, two of the four turnovers last night, the Bills win that game. Now, let me also say, they went and got into scoring territory. And Tyler Bass, from 50 yards, hits the upright, hits the flag, and it bounces through for the tie. They got into scoring range through Josh Allen and Diggs and matchups that they wanted. But the Bills aren't going to meet expectations of what this roster is constructed to do if he continues to force the issue and think that he can fit passes in against elite talent. And the Jets have that in their secondary. He can do it some, but it comes back to bite him in the big moments. He got rocked on that one attempt to to scramble uh, and that fumble late. I mean, that was just a great hit by the Jets on, on that one. How refreshing to hear a guy actually acknowledge what people watching the game think. And I'm sure if you're a Bills fan, you're thinking this. Came right out and said, yeah, it was, it was a lot like last year. Talking about what happened. I, I, I don't know a single quarterback. There's not many of them that would point to a season ago and say this is just a continuation of bad play from last year and some of my mistakes from a year ago. Most guys are quick to say, oh, that doesn't matter. Whatever happened last year wasn't me. This is a new team, new guy. I'm not going to look at that or think about that. I, I think that's actually kind of refreshing of Josh Allen that he thought about that over the offseason. He wanted to improve on it, and he didn't in, in the first game. It, this is a huge missed opportunity for the Bills in this game. I, I keep going back to what a great win for the Jets given all of the emotion of the circumstances and the fact you lost a future Hall of Fame quarterback four snaps in. And then I think of the Bills' sideline, you lost in those circumstances in this game because your offense was turnover prone. I get that the Jets are a great defense, and I think that's going to keep them in every game and give them a chance to be a playoff team, even without Aaron Rodgers. But what a blown opportunity for the Bills in this game. And in that and that overtime when they win the toss, yes. they did nothing, nothing when they got the ball. I think they went backwards. I How think about, it was like a third and uh, more than ten. And they, they went backwards on the, on the drive. It was how, terrible. How about the, the, the return by Xavier Gibson? Oh, uh, who that didn't one even that we talked was, about. Didn't even think he was going to make the roster and ends up earning the job as the punt returner. We returned three in college last year and, you know, calls to tell his mom about it on what hard knocks. Yep. And you've got Robert Sala, who is, you know, up on top of the dog pile after he returns it for the touchdown. The weak, the one of the, it's always a weak attempt. One of the weakest attempts you'll ever see a punter try to make on a tackle. And what's a game winning play. And Gibson gets the punt return. The Jets get the win in a divisional matchup against Buffalo. And it will be a loss that could keep Buffalo from winning the division. Tiebreakers matter. Tiebreakers send you on the road in the playoffs potentially. Yep. The Bills are really good. Did you see the? the there are a lot. Of, there are a lot of obituaries for Buffalo. A lot of them about the Jets too. Uh, today, uh, it you can't bury either one of them based on in Buffalo's case how talented they are uh, on both sides of the football, and the Jets are going to be competitive with that defense. What did you think about the uh, tripping that was missed on the 
on the return oh. on the on the block. I think uh, I want to say it's like Mike Golick Jr. who said, "I think you were allowed one illegal leg whip." On a punt return, when you lose a Hall of Fame quarterback on the fourth snap of the game, I think that's okay for the Jets that we allowed it, that leg whip. I mean, it was it, it was it missed. still would have been in in field goal range where it happened. I mean, they would have had a chance to win the game pretty quickly, you t- regardless. You back what ten, 10 yeah, yards from the spot of the foul. It was you, probably about the twenty five right. yard you're line. Right. They were very close to field goal range, regardless. I don't know that it decided the game, but they definitely missed a, a trip. Oh, so just you mentioned field goal range. Tyler Bass to send that game to overtime. I, I just want to point this out because I don't think anyone will will mention this. It hits the top of the upright from fifty. That it was the ball was hitting its peak at that moment. Think about this: if it's accurate and it's not, if it's just down the middle, that kick would have been. That is Justin Tucker like range. Yeah, that's, that's that maybe beats it if he had to kick it from there. He crushed that kick. Now it hit the upright and they got lucky, but he crushed it. Well, not it, it hit the upright and goes through, but if you saw that the one angle where it barely cleared the crossbar, oh, I yeah. mean it almost did the double doink yeah. and came back down. It just barely went past the crossbar. It, it wasn't it wasn't one that barely deflected on the inside and went well through. Right, the goalpost the trajectory it, of the bounce. It, it kicked down on on the hit off the upright and almost came out. Chad, so the NCAA- Stephon Diggs looked like he needed to uh, to breathe. Uh, he oh. was just petrified watching that kick after getting them in range. Yeah, so the NCAA they've received violent threats. They're saying in in wake of denying Tez Walker eligibility at at UNC, um, and they released a statement today uh, saying that violent threats that, that some are uh, legit, some aren't, some could be you know a criminal uh, some could produce charges they're they're looking into it but within this they're also calling out Mac Brown in a, a statement as well and just reading through so here's the comment by the, the response the public comments uh, made by Mac Brown UNC's football coach in regards to the Tez Walker situation, in mean, all caps last week, shame on you. Yeah. The D1 board is troubled by the public remarks made last week by some of the University of North Carolina leadership. Those comments directly contradict what we and our fellow Division I members and coaches called for vociferously, including UNC's own football coach. And uh, the comment, uh, the statement goes on to say, we're a membership organization. And rather than pursue a public relations campaign that can contribute to a charged environment for our peers who volunteer on committees, we encourage members to use established and agreed upon procedures to voice concerns and propose and adopt rule or policy changes if they are dissatisfied. Yeah, they don't want coaches putting out emotional appeals on behalf of their own schools against the NCAA when something goes bad. And now the claim is that because he did this, they received some violent threats First off, I didn't know that UNC football fans went this hard. If it was Mac Brown exactly. who incited this type of violence uh, from 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 towards the NCAA, look, if you're sending threats to NCAA investigators, you, you need to get a life and you need to reevaluate yours. Yes. That's not the right thing to do. Then no one should be apologizing for that. But when it comes to the NCAA releasing this statement, boo freaking who, NCAA. I'm I'm sorry, you made a bad decision. You're very inconsistent with your rulings. 
Um, the fact that JT Daniels is on his sixth school right now and Tez Walker can't go back to his home state and play for North Carolina it makes no sense. You, now, valid, you can sit there and say, you guys wrote the rules. We're just trying to follow them. You know, your school did. Everyone else changed the rules. If you want to, I understand that, but this is much ado about nothing. They were part of writing the rules. I, I don't know how you find people on this board to go threaten. Uh, virtually either. nameless. Yeah. Uh, also, That's a good point. How did they find who it was? UNC's board, uh, the board of trustees, yesterday of the reports where they're holding an emergency meeting to discuss legal options to allow Tez Walker to, to no play one. this season. John McClain is next. We discussed week one and the Jets issues last night. Been a fun show today. Sixth and Peabody, our location with Yeehaw Beer and Old Smoky Moonshine. Hot Mike with Hutton with her rolls on across the Outkick Network. John McClain joins us talking all things NFL and week one reaction. Reacting to Monday night football from last night and the injury to Aaron Rodgers. Four snaps into the season for him. He's done for the year with an Achilles tear. Robert Sala confirming that again today with media. John, hope you're doing well. Thanks for the time flip uh, and, and being uh, very cool with that today. And man, uh, we said earlier, if if you're even if you're not a Jets fan, you hate this uh, just based on the storylines of the offseason, what it meant for for Jets fans in particular, but also just the NFL and the the hype around what it could mean for playoff contention. Your overall reaction to last night's injury for Rodgers and and what it means for the franchise. I've never felt sorry for Aaron Rodgers about anything, but I did last night when I saw him go down, saw him get carted off, and then heard that it was a ruptured Achilles tendon. Now, I've been around a lot of players, and I've had uh, Achilles tears, and and uh, there's a great story I read in Athletic about everything that's going to happen. It depends on what position, what sport, your age, yeah, he could be healthy in four months or six months. And they said, don't count him out for this season. Well, I think that at his age, he turns 40 in the first week of December. They should just shut him down. And then if everything goes according to plan, and you know, he'll get the best possible surgery and rehab. He'll be way ready uh, by the time training camp starts next year. Maybe hard knocks will go back to the Jets because it was there in Rogers' show. It said a lot about their coaching, their players, their heart, their guts, resolve to win that game, to win it in overtime on a punt return on a kid that had been one of the behind-the-scenes stars uh, for hard knocks, especially when they told him he was making a team. But uh, it bodes very poorly for the Bills. You know, I, I've never seen Josh Allen play that bad. Going back to his rookie year, he was terrible. And he allowed them to uh, win that game. Now, I know the Texans play there in December. Ordinarily, that game would have been with the Jets playing for maybe home field advantage in the AFC, possibly uh, playing for the playoffs. Of course, they were supposed to be a Super Bowl contender. Now, you know, I've seen teams have quarterbacks go down before and still make the playoffs. And I wouldn't count them off because – they have great talent at running back. They have great depth at running back, and they have great defense. 
problem is their offensive line is not good. Dwayne Brown, who began his play with the, the Texans, and, and Dwayne's like 37 or 8 years old. I felt bad for him. He hadn't played in a while. He's been injured, and he played. He got beat on that sack, and you know he feels terrible. John, it's debatable just how much it contributes, but there's clearly a notion from players across the NFL that artificial surfaces are unsafe, and it's not as safe as as grass. Um, we saw that from David Bakhtiari on, on X last night. We've seen this from other players. Taylor Lewan, I saw comment on it as well. Do you believe that if the players believe it to be true, whether it is or not, that it is a problem for the league and that something that the NFLPA needs to figure out with the league? I saw J.K. Dobbins tear his Achilles against the Texans on grass. Yeah. If you think about how many players play on fields and uh, you think about how many serious injuries they have, it's still a small percentage. What bugs me is they will change out the surface for soccer, which demands to play a World Cup, demands to play on grass, but they won't do it for their own players. And the franchises are worth billions, and most of the owners are worth billions. They certainly can afford it. Yes, it's more expensive, and it requires uh, a lot more TLC. But, man, if they're in the legal, say, well, studies show that there's not more injuries uh, on artificial surface, which they improve all the time. But it doesn't matter. If the players want it, I think it's something they ought to do. If you do it for soccer players, why the hell will you not do it for your own players? Well, yeah, I, and totally with you there. Isn't there – and the Titans are doing this here. I know NRG has it. Um, SoFi and Dallas, I believe, some new turf that they're they're – installing but the others have not implemented that yet this is the old turf compared to the new turf that's at metlife the texans have what's called astroturf it's nothing like the original astroturf that was in every stadium put over cement and it was hard as a rock now it's got those little pellets you see pop up when you're running because it's supposed to have more give like grass does and i haven't heard anybody complain here about it D'Amico Ryans, when he played for Philadelphia, he suffered a torn Achilles here, and he sued uh, uh, NRG Stadium and the company that runs it, and I already got a settlement. And people wondered, would the McNairs hire him after he sued him? Well, of course, he didn't sue them. So uh, I just I don't understand. I don't care if the league studies say the current surfaces are as safe as grass. Put grass in there. Now, the problem is when you put grass in there, it dies. It dies in the east, and they have to constantly be feeding it. And, yeah, it's a pain in the butt, but it just seems like a small thing to do, no matter how much trouble it is, to keep your players happy. What do they do at backup quarterback? I know they're moving forward with Zach Wilson in New York with the Jets roster. Um, I've seen Case Keenum's name surface. There's some others as well. Dalton, Jameis Winston. Do you think they trade or do they sign? Because – Wentz is available, Cam Newton. I know Kaepernick's agent has reached out to New York. I'm just saying, like, which way do they go? Because Tim Boyle right now is their other QB, and he's on the practice squad. Yeah, they let Mike White get away the Dolphins, and he had done a good job when he replaced uh, uh, Zach Wilson before. Case Keenum is the Texans' third quarterback behind Davis Mills. There's a lot of fans here 
who wanted to see uh, Nick Casario, the general manager, trade one of them and get a draft choice. Um, excuse me. I think if I was going to have one, I'd want Keenum. He's been in the playoffs. He's won playoff games. He's been in district systems. He's kind of like Ryan Fitzpatrick. He's bounced around. Case lives there. I know he wants to finish his career here and uh, might start coaching here. But, you know, if they get a pick, why not? I didn't bring up Brady. I'm assuming I shouldn't. I think he's a little preoccupied <laughs> making all his commercials for Omaha Productions yeah. for the Manning cast. John, uh, quarterback play across the league. Let's begin with just the good performances. Brock Purdy on the road in Pittsburgh. Your thoughts on what the Niners did in week one against that Steelers defense, specifically Brock Purdy picking up where he left off when he was healthy last year. I'm the last person to ask. I picked uh, the Steelers to upset the same, 49ers. Same here. And uh, the best performance was Tua Tungavailoa. You talk about a guy that's going to get the next big contract. If jiu-jitsu can help to avoid the uh, concussions and other injuries that have plagued him every year going back to Alabama, he's going to get the big one. Trevor Lawrence keeps playing like this. He's going to get the big one next offseason. And it's amazing how some quarterbacks like Joe Burrow look like they didn't play at all in most of camp and preseason. Josh Allen, who looked, couldn't have looked worse if he tried. It's a problem that goes back for him last year when he had six turnovers in the red zone, which was more than his first four years combined. And now he's up to his old tricks, but yet you see Brock Purdy, you see Tua Tagovailoa and Trevor Lawrence and Matthew Stafford and Baker Mayfield. Those guys look like they played three preseason games, and some of them had played a little, some of them hadn't played at all. John, speaking of quarterbacks, and, and Hutton already mentioned Brady, what do you think of Brady's return to New England uh, for their game against the Eagles? Uh, watched his interview with Tracy Wolfson on the sideline after the, the halftime ceremony. And I do laugh when, when Robert Kraft says, you know, we've got the, the five-year requirement to be in the Patriots' ring of honor. We're going to waive that. And I'm thinking, well, yeah, duh. Also, who cares about your five-year requirement for the Patriots? Ring it was made such a big deal, and I'm thinking you can—he's the owner of the team; he can do whatever he wants. Who cares about a five-year requirement for their Ring of Honor? I've always liked Brady. I respect him. I think he's the greatest quarterback in history, and one of the five greatest players I've ever seen. And uh, you know, they didn't win. Mac Jones looked better, and uh, Philadelphia gave him a chance at the end by going for it and get stuff, which made no sense. There were some coaches made some really stupid decisions. Some of them got away with it. Some like Andy Reid did not. And uh, I, I, uh, I can't wait to see Brady on Fox. I watched JJ Watt on the pregame show on CBS. I want to see Brady to see if he's going to be opinionated. You know, he's very careful on that. Let's go show, but could now he might as well let it all hang out with, since he's not going to come back and play. I think he can be great, but I can't wait to see him. I, I'm I'm like Brady and Manning. You know, I love both those guys, like watching them. I think they're great together. That Manning cast video, I think, is one of the funniest things I've ever seen. And, it, and there was a thing where Manning and Brady, one of those Peyton's places two years ago, went to Jim Nance's house yeah. and Nance went home. And that was one of the funniest things I've ever seen. That's on ESPN Plus if anybody wants to 
check it out. Those two together are just tremendous, even better than Peyton and Eli. Pretty big game coming up on Thursday night between the Vikings and, and Eagles in Philadelphia. The Eagles nearly let the Patriots come back and win. They go for it late in the game. They give the ball back to New England with a chance to go down and win. It ends up having a fourth and long. They, they can't convert. Um, and it was some bad offense in, in the, the Eagles win. They were 4 of 13 on third down. Goddard was tar- targeted one time. Um, 18 com- combined yards after the catch for Devontae Smith and, and A.J. Brown. It, it just wasn't good. Meanwhile, Minnesota loses at home to Tampa Bay, and this seems like a pretty pretty big game for the Vikings on the road against the Eagles who get away with a victory and, and seem to be stacked like normal. Well, they lose us when to start 0-2 after yeah. 13 last year. They might as well go ahead and keep losing and let Kirk Cousins walk in the last year of his contract, see if they can get in the race for one of these quarterbacks. Right now, this may be the deepest quarterback draft in NFL history. I'm looking at all of them closely because so many of the experts I trust say this guy's going in the first round. Quinn Ewers of Texas. Everybody says he's going in the first round. We know the first one will be Caleb Williams. And uh, Shadur Sanders wants to come out. He'll be right up there. If I'm him, I'll stay with Daddy another year, come out next year when I might be the first overall pick. Cowboys get the Jets this week. The Giants, Ooh. after being demolished, they're on the road. They're actually lucky with their schedule. They're on the road at Arizona. They cannot lose this game, John. No, absolutely not. <laughs> I think, excuse me, <clears throat> I think they were overrated last year. They made the playoffs. Great for them. They won a playoff game, but I certainly didn't think they're capable of doing it again this year. And people, I was asked today, I still do a weekly video with Mattress Mac at Gallery Furniture, and we put it out on our social media platforms. And he said, who's the second best team to Texas in uh, the state? I said the Cowboys, because there's no good college teams besides the Longhorns. And so it's got to be, I told him the Cowboys, and he laughed. And I said, don't you know, the Longhorns and Cowboys are back. Every time their fans, their team wins a big game early in the year, they all say, Texas is back, Dallas is back, and say, back from what? And uh, right now, as you guys can imagine, in our state, Cowboys and Longhorns, what they did over the weekend is getting a lot of attention, and their fans are arrogant and obnoxious enough, which you guys are going to find out more of. And uh, but I hope they keep winning and then don't reach their goals and their fans will be crushed. Uh, John, I want to go rapid fire. Two quick uh, your thoughts on two quick games, fifteen seconds each. Chiefs on the road in Jacksonville. Well, I can't wait to see it. I can't imagine the Chiefs are going to start zero two. I'm going with Kansas City. Okay. Uh, Titans hosting the Chargers. The losers zero and two. Chargers have. I mean, the Titans have a great defense. The Chargers have a terrible. Defense Tranio's got to bounce back, doesn't he? Oh, he was you would, bad. You would think so. So bad. Ooh. You would think so. Rams get a nice win against Seattle. They're hosting the Niners uh, this week. Uh, meanwhile, you've got Raiders and, excuse me, uh, you've got Commanders Broncos uh, and Dolphins Patriots Sunday night football. Not bad there. Uh, John, thank you as always. Have a great rest of the week. Enjoy week two. Guys, my pleasure. Thank you very much, as always.
There is John McLean. SportsRadio610.com is where you go for the very latest from him. Podcasts, uh, his shows, you've got the columns and more. Always love having him on each Tuesday with us. Chad, when we come back, uh, we've got a chance to look ahead to the week. We've got some answers that must be thrown out of for getting on the bus or off the bus on certain topics and issues. And it's a new celebrity couple that's trying to keep it quiet, but it's quiet no more. That's next on Hot Mike. Sixth and Peabody, our location. Yeehaw Beer, Old Smoky Moonshine. Hot Mike with Hutton and Withrow. Fast-paced show today. Hope you feel the same if you've been viewing or uh, watching or listening, I should say. Whatever you're doing. We hope you've enjoyed it. Uh, Yeah, back at it. 3 o'clock Eastern tomorrow for the Reading the transcript of the show. I don't know if anybody does that. If you're doing that, we hope you liked it. (laughs) It's like reading court proceedings. Yeah, Yeah. closed captioning. All methods of consuming the show we, we approve of. Looking forward to our visit with Clay tomorrow. He'll be on the show. That would be fun to have a complete dramatic reading of the transcripts of an entire show. (laughs) What if we just did two shows a week and the next day we just read the show back from the day before? (laughs) Would anyone notice? Hutton enters room right, sits down, microphone, says. Out of the gates, ready to go. Out of the gates, ready to go. And it's time for on the bus, off the bus uh, with some topics of we have to be decisive on this chat. Here's Davey Hudson. All right, guys, on the bus, off the bus, think of it as buy or sell. If you were buying it, you were getting on the bus. If not, you're getting off the bus. Pretty simple, pretty straightforward. And our first stop, we're going down to Austin, Texas, all right? And will Texas win the Big 12 championship? I'm going to get on the bus with that one happening. Uh, I, I have seen enough to know enough about these Texas Longhorns. And uh, they looked really good. And it's the thing that impressed me the most. Yes, they've got Worthy and A.D. Mitchell on the outside. They've got great quarterback play. It's the strength of the line of scrimmage. Quinn Ewers had a lot of time to throw. They did a good job protecting him against Alabama's front. Yeah. Uh, they, they did a good job defensively of getting after Jalen Milrow quickly. Even when Alabama would make the occasional big play, it was Milrow having to step up in the pocket, taking contact, breaking away from it. Texas was all over him all night. Uh, I think Texas is going to say uh, aloha, meaning goodbye, to the Big 12 with the championship. I'm on the bus as well. Um, look, if you still ask, is Texas back? We, we find out by the answer to this question. It's very difficult to go in to Tuscaloosa and win. It's even more difficult to beat Nick Saban by double digits. It's never happened at home. And here is Texas doing just that and living up to the expectation that they had going into the season where Sarkeesian needs to win eight to keep his job, all this. They're going to the SEC. Quinn Ewers proving that he has ice water in his veins. It was, it was a great performance. They now get Wyoming at home. They follow that up with a road trip to Baylor, and then they host Kansas before the matchup against Oklahoma. Who knows where Oklahoma is at that point, Davey, but I'm on the bus with Texas because TCU doesn't seem to be TCU of last year, and there are question marks across the board, including with Texas Tech, uh, Kansas State, 
and others. So, yeah, give me the Longhorns. All right, guys, we're going to go 110 miles to the east and stop in College Station. Will Jimbo Fisher be back for 2024 as the head coach? Chad, uh, I think you and I will disagree on this because I'm saying, yes, I think he's back. I think he's back. I think they do just enough to warrant a, a, I don't know if it's playoff or pink slip, but it's probably that a year from now. I think he gets one more year in a prove it year, or he's bounced. I'm 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 putting Jimbo Fisher on the bus, and that he's back next year. Okay. But I'm making him ride. I'm surprised by this. I'm making him ride on top of the bus, not inside of it. And he's got to ride while trying to balance himself and not giving him anything to hold on to. So it's a very tenuous bus ride. He can see the bus like we Jimbo did on Fisher. the I'll kick the tailgate yeah, tour. But I'm, we never I'm, actually got I'm on it. I'm kind of picturing a bus like that one that we had on the Clay Travis Outkick yeah. tour yeah. where it's broken down. Every time you see it it doesn't act, it's not mobile. It looks great. It's just there. It looks great. Looks but, great, but you know, the, there's two tires that are off kilter. So, there's something going on. So I'm putting him on top of the bus. I think he's coming back. I, I still think that buyout is just so extreme even for A&M and I, I get that money may not be an issue for A&M in the long run if it gets too bad. I'm saying Hutton, he's going to make it back because the bottom's not going to completely fall out but, this year. But, hey, you mentioned something prior to the show about this. In 11 days, they host Auburn. Well, there are two games back-to-back that I think could decide his fate. If they go 2-0 and in these games, I think he's clearly going to be back. They host Auburn and Arkansas. And I think they're going to be a 7 to 10-point favorite, probably. Uh, maybe 4-5 to 10-point favorite in those games at home. You split at the absolute worst. If he loses both those games at home, I, I'm getting off the bus with you. And, and, and he's he's out. So, and let's also say this, Davey. Uh, if they win both of those games at home, they're also, excuse me. Uh, it's, then they go to it's, Knoxville. It's, hang on. It's, it's home against Auburn on the road against Arkansas. Oh, they go to Arkansas. Okay. They then return home. But let's hypothetically say they win the next three. They then host Alabama against a very beatable Bama team. You don't need, you know, the miracle-type performance yeah. that we saw in person the last time that they were in College Station. Again, perception here. We'll learn a lot about this answer moving forward. Right now, I say he's back. Well, and they'll have chances to prove people wrong and get a couple of upsets. I'll give you an example. They don't go to a bowl game a year ago, but they beat LSU pretty badly. And that was a big win for the program because it showed at least some signs of hope with Connor Wigman at quarterback, who who was good in that game. They beat Arkansas last year too, right? I, I'm seeing that they're they're at home against Arkansas also. So it's Auburn. Okay. They go UL Monroe at home. I'm showing them away, win. but it's all good. I, I, Auburn go with at your home. schedule. Yeah, Auburn at home, Arkansas at home, Alabama at home, then at Tennessee. I mean, this is a tough – we're getting into the, the rigors of the SEC schedule is, now. But this is Jimbo Fisher expectations. Yeah. Ar- Arkansas and LSU were their two SEC wins last year. Okay, so they did be Arkansas, and they get all yeah they get Auburn, Auburn, Arkansas at home, Alabama at home, three straight weeks. They go to Knoxville, they get a bye week, then they host South Carolina and go to Oxford to play Ole Miss. Mm. Yeah, I'm interested to see if he. I mean, I think he'll be on the bus, but are, is the administration at A and M saying, "Well, some of your coaches aren't allowed to come on the bus with you"? We'll see how that plays out. But guys, we're going to go out to the Pac-12, and the question, you know, Dion Primetime, everyone's been talking. Right now, 
Will Colorado make the Pac-12 championship? Are you getting on that bus? I am not getting on that bus. I, I am off no. this bus. I think Colorado has been a really good story, and they have overachieved, and Deion Sanders has done a great job completely transforming uh, not just a roster, but an entire program and a perception of a program in one offseason. That being said, still not sure how good TCU is. That's a good win. I think Nebraska sucks offensively. I think their defense is pretty good, but that's about it with Nebraska. So I'm not overly impressed with that win, even though it's a big one for Colorado. Hutton and I've seen a Pac-12 that just looks really good. I mean, off the top of my head, teams that I think are better than Colorado right now, USC, Oregon, Washington, Washington State, Oregon State. What am I at, five now? Utah. Utah. That's six teams I have ahead of Colorado right now in the Pac-12. So I am firmly off the bus of the of the Buffaloes making the Pac-12 championship. I'm off the bus this year, uh, and next year in the soon, Big though. 12, watch out. that This roster is going to be stacked. They're already extremely talented. They're more than just a two-headed monster with Shadur Sanders and Travis Hunter. And with more talented players that will inevitably transfer in, they will be a force in 2024. They're going to be relevant. They already are. I'm saying like, throughout the duration of the Pac-12 standings. They're relevant. They're not winning the Pac-12. I'm off the bus. Uh, the Pac-12, though, they are 20-3 and three to begin the season. 20-3, and three, leads all conferences. It's been a great start. And speaking of the Pac-12, for our final on the bus, off the bus, will a Pac-12 quarterback win the Heisman this year? If you look at the most recent odds, you have Caleb Williams, Michael Penix, Bo Nix, and Shadur Sanders currently in the top 10 for odds. I'm on the bus on this one. I'm going to stick with my preseason pick and say Michael Penix Jr. wins it from Washington. But I think odds are good. It's going to be one of those guys. It's him or Williams, right? Yeah, or Shador Sanders right now two weeks in. I don't think they're going to be good enough throughout the year, though, to do that. Quinn Ewers has a chance at it, yes. Uh, Let me also throw in Travis Hunter. His story is also incredible. And he will – if this continues – with the numbers on both sides of the ball. If he's healthy all year, Hutton, I'll be surprised if he's not in New York at the very least for playing both ways the way he is. But he's got a a chance coming up with some marquee games. Everyone's watching them. I get that. On the road at Oregon next weekend and then home against USC in Boulder. That's where we find out, is it Sanders or is it Hunter that's on this train? And, I mean, is it possible both could be there? I think next... Again, I, it's not if you lose, it's how you lose. That's all fine. I, I think it's one or the other. And Dion's pushing both of them right now. I think interviews. the most likely scenario right now would be Travis Hunter as a finalist. Just because of the unique, the uh, you, you called, you said it well, Hutton, the Shohei Otani of football. Yeah, yeah. You know, that, that novelty type part of this, and especially if he keeps keep scoring. I mean, Charles Woodson won the Heisman playing both ways and playing special teams and did not play a bunch of snaps on offense, scored four touchdowns all year. Travis Hunter is going to surpass that. So he's going to do more than he did when he won going both ways. So I think he's going to have a chance. That's a good one. uh, If not, if not out West, uh, what Jordan Travis may, there's not a single player in the sec I'd put in the list on that Mm -hmm. list right now. No. You, you, uh, you mentioned it, 20-3 and three overall for Pac-12. 6-3 and three versus other Power 5 conference teams leading the way, the Pac-12. The SEC, 3-6 and six against Power 5 competition early in this season. Not those, good. Those are the conferences 
Yeah, they're 23 and 6 non-conference record. Yeah. And uh, they have from and what I, I'm seeing, they have 27 more non-conference games across the conference. Yeah, and I'm just looking Power 5 oh, versus yeah, Power I, yeah, 5. They're 6 and 3 and SEC is 3 and 6 against the Power 5. Oof. Yeah, that's down year. Down year. Yeah, Chad, you said it yesterday. You said it well. Yeah, and it's no shame in it. Uh, people take that as like a personal affront that the yeah. SEC's having a down year. It's still going to be very exciting, and there are still good teams. I just don't. I think Georgia might be the only great team in the SEC this year. I think you've got some good to very good teams, some yeah. very average teams, and I think you got two or three possibly bad teams in the SEC this year. And what it's going to lead to is some toss-up games. Close games, exciting finishes. I think it's going to be a good, fun season in the conference. It's just not as as top heavy as it's been in years past with powerhouse teams. I mean, we were just mentioning the, the Heisman stuff. Marvin Harrison Jr. is also going to be in the mix. Yeah. Uh, so it's that it's at, uh, Travis at Florida State, May at UNC, and yours at Texas. That's the competition for the quarterbacks in the Pac-12 plus. Travis Hunter. And with a lot of teams this week, we start to see the first test of the season, first true test for some of these good teams in the top 25. Chad, uh, a new celebrity couple, uh, according to uh, multiple outlets now, but uh, looking at the uh, reports through the Messenger is one and uh, another one, maybe the, the Daily, is it the Daily News that I'm looking at? Uh, anyway, Travis Kelsey, you know, he was shooting a shot with Taylor Swift, trying to, you know, have a friendship bracelet and all this stuff. Um, apparently, they are now hanging out quietly. They have been quietly hanging out, according to uh, reporters of The Messenger. You, you think- saw him when she was in New York City a few weeks ago, a source told Brody and Ramirez, the two reporters. Do you think they may be wearing more than friendship bracelets? <laughs> is what you're saying? Is there such a thing? What would the equivalent be of a more than friendship well, bracelet? Made a friendship bracelet and it had his phone number on it. I have seen. And, and apparently um, it, it never found its way to Taylor Swift, but I guess, you know. Well, good for Travis Kelsey. This is a, a pretty enormous score for him, if so. I mean, this is a you know a possible multi-billionaire by the time it's all said and done with, with Taylor Swift. Um, also, there's a, this idea out there that the NFL is scripted, right? It was kind of the running joke. Yeah. And I've seen reports that when Taylor Swift plays the halftime show only because the Chiefs are in it, that it's going to lead to more speculation that the NFL is scripted (laughs) because they got the Chiefs somehow to the Super Bowl just to land Taylor Swift (laughs) the halftime show to be there with her man. She begins her uh, South America tour, leg of the uh, the world tour, uh, later this year. I believe it's November or early December. Could Taylor Swift sell out the moon? Would be the question. Anywhere in the world Multiple she goes. Times. Multiple days She has to leave the planet to try to find a challenge to sell out a venue. We are back at it tomorrow with the very latest across college and NFL. Hope you'll join us 3 to 6 p.m. Eastern. Hot Mike with Hutton and Withrow.